Go. What's going on? What's up, Tom? Dan, back again for another podcast. Part two. I couldn't keep you away. I know. Part two. I was supposed to do a podcast yesterday. The person had to cancel. Mm. I was sad. Yeah, she didn't want to talk to you. Well, and I acted a little bit. Nah. Inside, I was having a hissy fit. (laughs) But on the outside, I was trying to be cordial. But I was still slightly having a hissy fit. Well, because I was like, you know, I look forward to it. And I'm like, okay. Because to do a podcast with somebody is not, you're asking a little bit of them. You know, because it's something new. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I have nothing to talk about. And then we end up talking for an hour. So I I was looking forward to talking to her. And then when she said she had to cancel, I was like, But I saw her again this morning. I was like, hi. And the reality is she's in the same type of business that I'm in. And this is a slow time of the year. Yeah. So, you know, you can't pass up on business. Absolutely. So I got it. So what's going on with you? Not much. Um, Nice day out. Just enjoying the day. It is beautiful. I was like, oh, it's so nice. I think I'll wash the windows. It's a little chilly. 15 minutes later, my hands are frozen. Yeah, I was going to say, it's nice, meaning the sun's out, the skies are clear. We, We don't get a lot of that. I am absolutely looking forward to summer. I just wanted over 60 degrees. That's yeah. it. No, I mean, I'm just ready. I, I'm not, and then all of a sudden, boom, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I get it. I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah, with soccer starting and now um, outdoor stuff starting. Do you, have, do you have plans this summer? This summer. You guys usually go somewhere. Uh, spring break, we'll go to, we're going to go to Williamsburg and do a little bush garden and... Uh, uh, we're staying, I can't remember, there's a resort, there. we're actually staying at a resort um, right up from the park, I can't remember the name of it, but anyways. I have never been to Williamsburg, but a lot of people say it's pretty awesome. It is really awesome. Do you I do will, all the historical stuff? We, um, we'll probably do it this time, uh, depending on the weather, um, but we'll do a day at the park, a day in Williamsburg. Um, there is some really nice places to eat and drink and just... Um, some cool restaurants. Eating and drinking. Yeah. Um, what's it? There's a pub. Oh, my God. It's called, like, the Hound Dog or something. The Dog Pub on the corner. It's a, It's really cool. Hair of the Dog Pub. Something like that. But, um, yeah, Williamsburg is a cool town. I really like it. Do you, Are you into that history? Um, yes and no. I mean, uh, if put in front of me, I, I, I always gravitate towards it. Um, I'm not going to seek it out, but, you know. I always think, you know, if we were, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, very patriotic and, you know, make America great. I'm like, well, if you had to pick up a musket halfway through your work day and go fight, would you be down? Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, not only to be down to fight, but then, get, you know, get shot with a musket ball and, you know, have your have your leg cut off. And, with you know, the 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 things that those people had to go through, especially if they were injured was awful. I just, you know, when you do look at history and, you know, I'll I'll be the first to say I'm not a historian or did I uh, do really great in history, but the little that we learned, um, it's amazing what they went through and and it's amazing if a few little things didn't happen the way they happened, how this might still be part of England. Like (laughs) what? I mean, just little battles that, you know, you, you learn Gettysburg or, or whatever. You yeah. know, some of the signs you read in Williamsburg, um, like, you know, battle took place here. And, and it's like all these little battles. And, you know, we, we think of it as the Revolutionary War or, or all the, the small wars that took place as a whole. But in, in those were there all these little battles. And in West Virginia and Harper's Ferry, there, you know, there's there's some battles that took place there. And um, if a few things went a different way, you, you, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, so to your point, you know, it's hard for us to relate to what those people went through back then. The funny thing about all of it really is it's not, it isn't that long ago. No. You know, we, th- so or I think of like, you know, my world as about 200 years. Right. And it's really. I mean, we, I mean, obviously the world's been around a lot longer than that, but somebody, and it's funny, you know, our bodies have evolved to this point, and then all of a sudden, life just gets going real fast, yeah. you know, and I was watching something earlier today, and, and the guy was talking about how our bodies haven't really evolved for the lifestyle that we can have, you know, like, 
amount of sugar and all these different things that we can get into where 200, 500 years ago, you know, that stuff wasn't really available right. and didn't affect us like it does today. You know, I was saying maybe in a thousand years we'll evolve with some new organ that just takes care of sugar and, you know, saturated fats or something like that, you know, a, a new organ that is... Anything is possible. Well, you know what the appendix is for. Um, I don't have one, so I, I have no idea. I just know I it was painful when it, when it burst and came out. From what I understand, the appendix is an organ that was used to digest raw meat. Ah. So before, you know, fire was around... Right. You know, we ate all of our meat, I guess, raw, and that's what the appendix was for. But as we've found fire and cooked meat, we don't use it as much. That's why you can take it out. So maybe one day there'll be this sugar organ <laughs> that's just good for digesting Kit Kats. Well, hot damn, you learn something every day. I did not know that. Oh, you came and left with some new knowledge. I know, knowledge. You can tell your friends that if you want. <laughs> you can drop some knowledge <laughs> on drop them. some knowledge from Tom. Okay. I've, I've been watching, um, you know, and I talked to you the other day about this. This. Well, wait, back to the appendix. Do you have yours still? No, but I, I have my gallbladder taken out. Okay, Michelle does. I had hers taken out too, but... Uh, the the gallbladder? The gallbladder, yeah. Um, she was like 17. But the, my appendix, <laughs> yeah, mine... Did uh, it rupture? It did as soon as I got to the hospital. Mm. Like, I just made it. Um, and my God, it was painful. I thought I had a stomach bug for like two days. I was curled up in a ball. And then uh, finally it got to the point where I could barely move. And I, I finally went to the emergency room. You know, and you and I both have young kids. Whenever my kids have like stomach pain, mm -hmm. one way you can tell, or from what I understand, is if, they, if you jump up and down, your appendix will hurt. Right. More than if you have a like, you know, need to use a restroom or... What was that? I don't know. Is that your phone? I heard a beep, beep. Yeah, it was my phone. Oh. Um, yeah, so if you jump up and down, you know, not super high, but that moving of that organ will create pain where if you have, you know, to use the restroom, that won't be as obvious. Just right. another little... little so if Colin's like, oh, daddy, my stomach, you go jump up and down. <laughs> Does it hurt? <laughs> I'll try that. But I've been, you know, and I talked to you about it, um, I guess, earlier in the week, whenever you were here, we talked last, you know, about this new diet that I was doing. I guess it's, I don't even know if it's a diet, just a, how I eat a modification on how yes, I eat. Yes, and I, I, I talked to Michelle, but she thought it was really odd. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, there's no way he's going all day. And I'm like. I'm absolutely what? going all day. And That's crazy. When you when you really think about it, um it makes sense, honestly, for me. Okay. I know that, I mean, do you need, I mean, for me, I don't need as much food as I think I need, traditionally, a breakfast, a right. lunch. Right. Um, at least not at this point, because, you know, um, I don't want to be like a triathlete where, you you know, you're so ripped, but mm -hmm. I've got some fat to burn. I mean, I'm not feeling, and I actually, and I've been doing mm -hmm. that the just supper diet for three weeks and I feel a lot better. I've, I've lost weight. I don't, I never measure, I never weighed myself and, right. but I know I feel better. Right. And so of course, when I get into something like this, I've been watching a lot of, um, you know, different shows and there's this guy, Dr. Sean Baker, I think his name is, but he, he is just a, um, he just eats meat, a carnivore diet. Wow. And you know, you think, Oh geez, all the things we've heard about high cholesterol and all these different you know, uh, wives' tales about, you know, if we did just this, just meat or, or no meat or a balanced meal. And I'm watching this guy, and he's everything that, you know, we think is a fact about if we were to do a diet a certain way, he just basically, you know, debunks it. And one of the, the interesting ones was cholesterol. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm, and I'm just regurgitating things I've heard. But, right. Um, and you get a physical, I'm sure, every mm -hmm. year. And every year you got to, Get your blood work done. Mm -hmm. And this year, I had my blood work done. And I am the worst at getting my blood work done. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Because no, I'm the same way. There's a fat, you have to fast. And I, oh, I never can fast. I always snack at night. So I just, I never get the blood work done. And the last physical I had, um, my doctor said, you know, just snack. Do whatever you got to do, but go get the blood work done. So yeah. I said, fine. And I, and I had it done. And my cholesterol was really low. 
right. has great, great cholesterol. But this guy was saying that um, our cholesterol fluctuates throughout the day. Yeah. And to have it tested one time after a fast is really not a great sample. Hmm. Now, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm just, you know, saying what I've heard. But, I, it, you know, it made sense that... Um, so what he did, his solution was he took blood, he tested his blood every hour. Okay. And he's a doctor, so he was able to have it tested and all this stuff. But he found that all throughout the day, your cholesterol changes. Hmm. So like if you had a, you know, you had tested it in the morning, it could be completely different than what it was in the evening. So, um, and he was like, you know, cholesterol isn't as big of a deal as we make it out to be. Okay. I, I, I... I don't know. I but it it is funny how the doctors um, put a lot of stress on your cholesterol level because you know it's like one of the main things they bring up during your physical. I just did. I mean, I probably do my physical. You know, I probably should do it more, but I do it like every three or four years. And um, the last physical I had, my cholesterol was fine. This physical, uh, they said it was just a, it was high, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, you need to watch your cholesterol. You know, less salts." Blah, blah, you know, I'm like, okay, so I'll watch my cholesterol. And and away you went. And away I went, yeah. Well, I'm not going to, I won't go down the cholesterol rabbit hole, but I was, you know, just, um, when I, when I start doing something like this, this modification to how I eat, you know, I just start opening my eyes and and trying to learn as much as I can about it because, um, and, and another thing I was watching, this guy was talking about how we've really lowered our standards for ourselves. Um, because, you know, maybe you might exercise, maybe I might exercise, but a lot of people don't exercise and I don't, I, and I'm not, I don't exercise a lot. I don't go to the gym or anything. I run. You, you do pretty good. I, I run. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. Um, and that's good. It's good cardio, but you know, that's about all I do. I could definitely improve, but we've lowered our standards down to really this place where, you know, for the most part, people don't exercise. People don't eat well. Right. You know, if you're living a sedentary life yeah except unless you're on instagram then you're you know yeah then you're (laughs) super happy then super happy and look at my pictures of me working out people say that everyone posts pictures on instagram and it shows how happy they are but i don't necessarily see that no it's just funny but do you believe that that every it's only just photos of happy people well, for the most part, I mean, people post, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, like um, happy occasions or kind of look at me pictures. Um, Do you ever you know, look at Instagram? And this is not a, um, obviously, I know the answer, but try to think about it. But do you ever look at Instagram and like feel bad? No, never. I, I mean, I think um, individually, every person has to be, uh, is different on how they look at their life. And you know, I think once you get to a point where you're happy with your lot in life or where you're at in life, social media doesn't affect me. I could care less uh, what people post, whereas I know for a lot of people it does affect people. Um, it, you know, but you don't have to look too deep to see that social media affects how people relate to other people or how they feel about themselves. Um, for me, it's not a big deal. I just I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Well, I, you know, I, I like Facebook because for me, I, I like posting pictures of stuff, my, my kids and my family and my work and well, you'll food. See with, yeah, you'll see with me. It's just, I love posting pictures of the kids. Well, and I like, doc, it's almost yeah. like a slight documentation of my life, you know. Yeah. And, and I look back at it and I find little, you know, my, my routine usually is I get up in the morning and I, I turn some coffee on or something. I usually sit with my phone and, and Christine sits on the couch and we just kind of look at our news feeds and I usually find right. some dumb video that I go down some video hole and, and I usually find, you know, stupid uh, cat videos. No, not cat. It's usually foreigners uh, doing construction, you know, where they, the giant wall and he's hitting it with the mallet and then the whole, he takes off and that's the whole wall falls. I don't I know. I have why. no idea because I don't do that. But so, anyway, so then I'll find funny stuff and I'll post that into my news feed. And then, okay. I, you know, every once in a while I look back and, just laugh and reflect on my my newsfeed, but yeah, it's more um, you know staying in touch with family, but also just kind of documenting. Um, and then Facebook does a nice has a nice way of bringing up old pictures that you can you know, I like, see again. Because um, I, I use Android and Google Photos, and periodically, like once a week, Google Photos will 
send you like do you remember this right and like three years ago three years ago and i think what facebook does the same thing yeah facebook does it too. um which it's always cool and i'll always pull it pull those up and go oh wow that was really cool yeah i remember that but yes yeah, so, i mean for me i'm kind of the same you know i i don't use it as much as you do i probably i don't post that much but for me it's it's cool because it's just kind of timelines the kids my latest thing i've been doing is taking pictures of steaks on friday Steaks on Friday. Friday steaks. Steak night. Steak night. All right. So you, um, we talked a bit the other day um, just on the phone, but you were talking to me about local music. And like you kind of want to, you said you don't play any music and you don't know how to read music, but you love music. Yeah. And then you're you're kind of like, want to start looking at local music a little more. You know, I, I just think I'm the epitome of that guy that, just really has a, a deep passion for music, but really doesn't have an outlet. And what I mean is, um, I, I'm not musically talented. I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, although I tried to play a guitar and that was pretty bad. Um, and probably if I put some effort into it, I could. But I, I think, you know, it's kind of like the, the guy that isn't an athlete, but he wants to get involved in sports, so he becomes an agent. Well, it's kind of, that's kind of my feeling. Not that I, you know, uh, so, yeah, we were talking, and if I had to get involved in music, it would be, I really like um, talking to people that are, are musicians or artists and kind of get a better idea of, how did, they, how did they get into that? Was it always a passion? Like, did they, were they kids? So, I, I, you know, those are things, you know, if you watch documentaries or if you watch just one-on-one interviews, the best part of that is, of that piece, always for me, is when the interviewer asks the artist what their influences were, how did you get into music, what were your beginnings, and to me that's always interesting. And so that's kind of the path I was, what we were talking about the other day. Well, that's, you know, the premise behind the Rehoboth Social app and and doing the podcast is really about, you know, shining a light on somebody that's living in Rehoboth or, you know, working in Rehoboth, playing music in Rehoboth. Yeah. It's really about just... Rehoboth, yeah. Rehoboth Social, in, in the area around it. Um, as I've gotten older, because I'm like you, I love music. I've always loved music, yeah. and, and I played in a band, and, um, you know, it was in guitar, and we were, you know, more of a thrash metal band when, when I was out in Albuquerque, but the I loved music, you know, and I, and, but as I've gotten older and with kids and then getting sober, you know, I've, I don't really spend a lot of time in the local bar seeing local music. Right. But when I initially had moved here, there was a lot of great, I was obviously much younger and I was much more gung-ho into getting into the mix. Right. And, uh, you know, Love Seed Mama Jump, the first band that always comes to mind. I had some of the best time. Um, in fact, I still see the singer, um, and I think Love Seed's still together. They're, yeah, they're still around. I know Rick does a lot of solo stuff, but yeah, um, I see him every once in a while and I always tell him, you know, thank you. You you brought a lot of great memories for me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you sped up my 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 point of having to get sober because I think I drank too much on those Thursday nights. But man, what a great time! And Tila, the girl that works with um, me at the salon, was saying that she, I guess it, Friday night they had Women's Women's Day okay. celebration of the woman. Yeah, Women's and, International Day. Last yeah, Women's Friday. International yep. Day on Friday, and they had a big uh, thing at the Rudder. Did Michelle go? No. So Tila went, and she said it was a blast, but she was talking about there was a band that was playing that was just awesome. And uh, a female hmm. singer. I don't know who the band was. Interesting. So, yeah. you know, maybe if you dive deep into our local music scene, maybe you can start finding out some, about some of these groups. Yeah, I'm, I'm much like you. You know, back in the day, you know, Love Seed was one of the bands that at the Rudder we, we would all go see, and... Um, and, you know, there were some of the other local bands, uh, the Mr. Green Jeans yep. and all those guys. Um, but, I, you know, you, now I'm married, got, have kids. I, I, I have really no idea what's going on with the local scene. Do you think um, that's going to be a challenge for you? Because you do go to bed at 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, yeah, probably a challenge. But I, I probably know enough people in the restaurant business that intertwine with those musicians where I can find out what's going on. Um, well, I did, the first person I did a podcast with was Bobby Jones. I don't, and I think someone said his name is Bobby Lee Jones. 
Okay. Bobby Jones. Well, Bobby Jones is the golfer, so he probably wants to be known as Bobby Lee Jones. Yeah, and he and he has done. Um, he's been a local artist for I don't know a little while, and this is going to be his first year that he's going to do it without having a job. You know, like yeah. all in. Yeah, we talked. Yeah. And um, that was pretty cool. I mean, that you know, I think that's probably scary. You know, but, you know, I think if you're going to do it, that's what you got to do. I, you know, I, just like when I got into this business, I, I remember starting in the hair business and I was making three bucks and a three thirty five an hour shampooing. Right. But, you know, you got to go through it. And um, you definitely have to take that leap. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, and for a musician, it's probably a little more scary because you, it's not like, you know, yeah, you got to just keep hustling your gigs. Well, and, and when I moved here in 94... There was no winter scene. No, there was none. There was no winter scene. So, there was none. Um, now, you know, 25 years, whatever, years later, um, you know, a lot more people live here year-round. And there's a winter scene. There's a music scene during the winter. Yep. Um, I know Irish Eyes does a lot of music throughout the winter. I think Blues, Bethany Irish Eyes. Blues. Yeah. So there's definitely more people. Um, Lefties. Playing. Lefties, yeah. Lefties yeah. has a little stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe this 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 winter scene may start picking up. We'll have to figure it out and start looking into it. I'd love to get more local artists in here. Maybe you can even ask someone to come do our do the podcast. Well, that would be my goal. You know, it's funny um, we were because I I think one of the biggest contributors to to music, and it's not really local music, but she does get is get local music involved is the premium stage and we kind of talked about that yeah, on, our, on our phone call um you know she obviously she they bring in big acts but you know they'll have some of the local artists open up uh, to warm the crowd up and stuff like that which is always great um they actually released i which was great they released the schedule this morning for this summer oh. for the freeman stage any any notable acts that yes we should mark down what well, OAR OAR is coming back. I saw them. They were here last summer. Michelle and I went and saw them. So the, the, the funny thing with OAR is I saw them at the Record Theater in Towson when the, those boys were like 19. It was funny. They were little pups. And I, now... I love OAR. Yeah. So I saw them in Towson in, God bless, that was 97. You know, they were probably... The, those guys were... They're, you know... They're from... They're from uh, Rockville. Yeah, Rockville. Maryland. Yeah, but they played Towson, the college bars a lot. And the record theater is this cool little, you know, bar theater in Towson that a lot of local and regional acts play. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the 930 Club in D.C., similar. Cool. Um, so AR, OAR is coming back, which was... And then the other group that I just had to smile was the Femmes are coming. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, and I saw them. The Femmes, is that the guy that gets in the big inflated ball and bounces across the top of the crowd? Mm. No, you know what? I think that's the Flaming Lips. No, the Violent Femmes, to say they're... Uh, no, they, he, he, I mean, you know, the, the Violent Femmes have been around since the early 80s. I remember and, them um, as a kid. I saw them at a club in Fort Lauderdale when I was probably like 23 years old. It was 1993. I just got out of college and moved back down to Florida, and I I saw him in Fort Lauderdale, and I can't even remember the name of the place. Um, but wow, what a great show! What a great show! I so I'm friends with Michelle, who owns Michelle Freeman, right? And I had coffee with her. We get together once a year. You know, she was dating Matt, and we usually get together right around his anniversary of when he, you know moved on to a bigger and higher place and I was like oh my god Michelle I was going to call you and say can you get me some tickets and, and but then I was like no nah, I don't want to do that because you know I don't want to you don't want to be that guy I don't want to be that guy no. but she's like oh my god you should have called me and asked me but she was telling me that every band that comes has a set of tickets that they get oh, okay. and that usually most of the time they use them all Yeah. but sometimes they don't and she said, if there's tickets, she would absolutely, I mean, I would probably have to pay for them, but, you know, she could get us some. Right. But I, you know, but I, you know, who I'd love to get is have her on the podcast because well, she's she got was, a great story. Yeah, she was one that I, I thought would be great to talk to. But, you know, just from her, uh, her involvement with the Freeman stage and the mm-hmm. foundation and uh, not just the music piece of it, but the arts and the kids and how she really does a lot of things to 
um, you know, push arts, arts and music for the local scene here. Um, I think it's pretty amazing. I think she'd be amazing to have on. If I was to have one complaint about living here is that we don't have people say, oh, you live next to Philadelphia, New York City, and Washington, D.C. Yeah, we do, but it's two and a half hours. Yeah. It's, a, it's like... It's like that place where you just, it's too far to go. If it was maybe an hour, maybe it'd be different. But when you go all the way up to Philly, and I've done it, and I've gone to Madison Square Garden. In fact, we went and saw Pearl Jam in Madison Square Garden and drove home that yeah. night. Yeah. And that was, you know, we got home at like 5 in the morning. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, well, could you imagine if we didn't have the Freeman stage? I mean, well, we that, had nothing. And, yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that she's really brought, you know, we have local artists. Yep. And then we have big artists that are in, you know, D.C. She's brought, you know, that middle-of-the-ground stage for... And I've, someone told me they're adding seats because... I, I love it. I hope not, actually. I, I love that it's 2,500 people. I think that the, someone said... So I was told that they're adding seats because they are just too small for some bands. Right, that they want to get. Yeah, they need to be like 3,500. They probably need to be about 3,500 yeah. to get certain bands. Yeah. Um, well, the, they changed it up last year, and the midsection was like standing room, the back section. They used to have bleachers, and they took the bleachers away and made it standing room only. The problem was is if you were in seat, ticketed seated seats in the front and you wanted to go back to get something to drink or eat, you had to plow through the crowd, yeah. and it was very hard. It was very difficult. Like, well, that's like any concert. Well, she didn't, like, they could have easily roped it off and made a pack, you know, so you could walk through. Right. Um, so, anyways, that was my one complaint. One pet, a walking pet. That's money right there, son. Uh, whatever. I need a walking pet. I, I love this, you know, I like the story when you and I, when, uh, so I've always been, we're both Pearl Jam fans. Oh, we yeah. both love Pearl Jam. Love Pearl Jam. Um, I joined the Pearl Jam fan club in 1997. Yeah. And that was the year, uh, I think it was No Code, and they decided they were going to fight Ticketmaster, yes. and they were going to do their own tickets. That was the big year. And I was like, oh, great. So that was the beginning of my Pearl Jam fan club, and that year I actually got tickets to the fan club, saw them at Merriweather Post, and we, I don't know if you've ever been to Merriweather Post, but... Saw Morrissey there. We, par- we parked, I don't know where we parked, way in the back, yeah. and... Um, since Pearl Jam was running the show, I don't know if security was as, as up to par as it was supposed right. to be. Um, but when we got out, of it, I was like, you know, like a song or two left. I'm like, let's go. Let's beat the crowd. We got to the car, and every path, every nook and cranny was stuffed with a car. Oh, like at some point they God. said, just park wherever. So not only did we not get out of there early, but we had to sit until almost like every car left the, the parking lot. Wow. And uh, what a nightmare that was. Damn, but, you know, however many years later, I got tickets to go see Pearl Jam, and, and I asked you if you wanted to go with me. And um, so the way the Pearl Jam, I don't I, I guess, I'm not sure. That's the only fan club I'm a member of. But I know that um, you had a number. You were issued a number, mm-hmm. kind of like Delaware and their license plate. The lower the number, the better tickets that you were able to get. Right. And I had a low number. Um, not as low as a lot of people, but... From '97, it was pretty low. So we got tickets. We got um, pit passes. We got right. So we drove up to Philly. Is it? We saw him in Philly, right? At the we Spectrum. saw him. We saw him in Philly at the Comcast Center. Comcast was it? Com- yeah, it was yeah. Comcast. So they had t- yeah. taken down Spectrum, and uh, we got in the little line for the we fan club. Two hour. Two, two hours in line, sitting yeah. there with the rest of the knuckleheads, and it's interesting people watching. Yeah. And we get our tickets, and we run in, and we're on the front row. I mean, we're one row back. We, we were really close. Yeah, we're really close. And anybody that's down low in the front row are low-number Pearl Jam fan club members. Right. Because you just don't get those tickets. Well, if you remember, we ended up standing next to the guy that travels around and just follows the tour. Well, I think we were surrounded by those people. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were, I remember we're looking at we're talking to somebody guy, one guy's like, "Yeah, this is my 70th show." And one guy's yeah. like, "This is my 50th show." Yeah. And Dan, they look at Dan and goes, "Hey, it's my first show." <laughs> and they're like, "What are you doing down here?" And uh, just like that. Yeah, it was funny, but that what a, what a great show that was. It was an awesome show. Right there. Yeah, that was an awesome show. Um 
as far as you know i've been to a lot of shows but top shows is that one in, in the killers um just unbelievable energy um i saw the chili peppers there a year later with michelle and i love the chili peppers in philly in philly at comcast center um and uh very unimpressed i, I gotta tell you they they just they, you know maybe we call them on a bad night but it was just they just went out there did their number got off the stage yeah. um didn't really talk much which i was shocked you know like i'm expecting flea and and Kedis to just put on this you know amazing show and uh no i, I was the, the songs they sounded great the songs were great no energy though no energy not just not like going through the motions going through the motions just collecting a check so well, i was very disappointed in that i'm always like when we saw pearl jam i'm just always amazed especially with a guy like an eddie vetter who you know if i tried to sing one song in a karaoke version of a pearl jam song oh my i'd blow out my voice yeah and then we watched him and they not only did they not have an opening act they played for three hours yeah they wore I mean, me out. Yeah, I was. I, I think I was we left. Out. We left early. We we left. I think they had a song left. We we just to get out of there. Just to get out of there. But my we, God, I was like, know. how does this guy do it? I don't know. I I, I got it. Brandon Flowers is the one that I could not believe the energy that that guy brings to every show. Yeah, we just we saw them at Firefly. Yeah, um, you know we saw them at the Borgata, small venue in Jersey. In Jersey, standing room only twenty, maybe two thousand people. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, really small stage, small room, um, and it was nonstop en- energy. Like, everyone in that room was sweating yeah. by the time it was over. I, to- I, I told you that, um, I guess this was maybe five years ago, maybe it's been now, but um, you and I both love The Killers. I mean, oh, yeah, huge. Yeah, and, huge. and The Killer, is this when um, The Killers were kind of touring, they were finishing up. I don't even know what they were doing. I know they were going to play the iHeart Radio concert in Vegas. Yep. And I'm like, I want to see the Killers. I'm going to go see the Killers in concert. So I go online and I'm looking. They have like two shows. One is right. iHeart, and I don't know the other one. But the tickets were two thousand dollars a piece. Right. And I'm like, maybe I'm not seeing. Maybe the not going to see the Killers. <laughs> and then I remember that Brandon Flowers was doing had done his solo album. Yep. So I go, well, let's see if he's touring. Sure enough, he's playing at this place called the Rainbow Theater on Route 66, Central Avenue. I'm still so jealous that you went to that. Downtown Albuquerque. The Desired Effect Tour. Desired Effect. And, you know, God knows if he'll ever do another solo gig like that. I think he probably will. I hope so. God, I hope so. But he, so we go, we, you know, and I'm from Albuquerque, so we flew to Albuquerque and we stayed at this little renovated KOA you know the ones that have yeah. you know the, oh, yeah. the high pointy roof and then mm-hmm. you know that's the office and then the little pool and then the long I guess that's a motel because all the doors are on the outside yes that is correct that's so we go down there we stay at, we get a room at this place and we walk to the Rainbow Theater that's awesome. it's like two blocks away and um, we saw Brandon Flowers in this rundown room I mean, with the stage. I mean, literally. And the only thing I could it would remind me of is when I used to go to these old shows mm-hmm. when I was growing up in yeah. Albuquerque. Just there's so much history and so much. You know, it's not. It's an old city. So, yeah. um, but we were like 50 feet away, and there was probably 300 people. I don't even know why there wasn't very many people. It almost made me feel like nobody liked Brandon Flowers, but he was wow. amazing, and he turned out ended up playing a lot of killer songs. Right. And yeah, so. We scored. I think the tickets were like 70 bucks. Yeah, I remember when you seeing some of those pictures, I was so jealous. I and, was like, could not believe. And we were sitting outside eating with some friends of mine that I had grown up with. And it had just rained. And I looked over and we decided to eat right across the street, you know, down to the left. So I'm sitting outside eating. The rain had just stopped. And I look over it, and I can see the Rainbow Theater. And I look over it, and there's a rainbow coming right into the ceiling of the Rainbow Theater. And I took that picture and then had it blown up and mailed it to him and told him thank you for the great show. I never heard anything back from him. And I I don't you know. That was also a time maybe they might have been like, I don't know what this is, and tossed it. But it was a great, great picture. I hope they got it. 
That's awesome. That's yeah. absolutely awesome. Um, one of my problems is I grew up, like I just mentioned, in Albuquerque. And in Albuquerque, Albuquerque was a, a main stop for all the bands. Okay. So, you know, it was like Dallas, Albuquerque, mm-hmm. Phoenix, San Diego. So, um, and the, the way the city's kind of laid out, it's all kind of centralized around the state fairgrounds. Okay. And that's where all the bands came, to the yeah. fairgrounds. So, we, I, I mean, every band that came through, we saw them. And I remember, the, you know, tickets were like 15 bucks, you know. Yeah. So, Judas Priest, all the Dio, Black Sabbath, all those wow. bands growing up. So moving here was a little bit of a, you know, let down. I won't even say let down because I, I didn't move here for the music. But, you know, over time, I wish there was more well, bands and, I could see. You know, that kind of was what we, the basis for our conversation on the phone and what we've talked about is is there's never really been, a, you know, maybe, maybe, I'm sure if anyone's actually listened to this, would call us and say you're crazy but i don't remember other than you know um love seed or or mr green jeans um you know maybe a handful small handful of bands there's not really a local music scene here it's not like we're an up-and-coming scene and there never really has been um i agree with you though you know at least now we're become that you know fortunately or unfortunately we're more of a year-round area we are seeing more music come through here but um i wasn't fortunate growing up i wasn't i didn't have access to live music mm-hmm. um in west virginia <laughs> nobody came to west virginia bow, bow, bow. yeah um unless it was a country act and uh, hank williams jr um but we i i didn't get exposure to music until i was in college and actually started traveling as i got older so um I agree with you, though. I, I do love that Michelle has brought the premium stage to our area. Um, yeah. I think it is an amazing, uh, you know, uh, venue uh, to to at least bring, you know, decent acts. You know, you're getting OAR and you're getting the Violent Femmes and, and some of the, you know, other people that are coming. What were some of the other bands coming? Oh, I can't remember. I just saw the Violent Femmes and OAR and got, got excited. Um, I think Pat Benatar's played there. Yeah, I mean... Cindy uh, Lauper. Oh, shoot. There was, there was another classic act that's coming, um, you know... 70s, Credence. <laughs> 70s act that I was like, oh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that, you know. Um, but I, I looked at it really quick before I came because they, they, they just... Well, the, other, the problem... It's not, my, it's not their problem. It's my problem is that they sell out very quickly. Oh, you've got to be ready. I you, mean, it's like an event. Yeah, I go on the second they go on sale. Um, and usually, I get decent tickets. Um, I'm usually, Michelle and I, because I'm trying to think, we've gone to four or five shows there. Um, How's the parking? It's easy. Yeah. Oh, fine. It's, it's easy in, easy out. I've only been there once, and that was for Matt's funeral. Oh, okay. Um, His celebration of life. No, uh that's why I love the venue. If they add people, it kind of complicates it because right now it's perfect at twenty. But I I think it's twenty five hundred roughly. Um, it's a perfect number. Like it's awesome. I absolutely love it. We'll have to get. We'll have to reach out to Michelle and see if she'll come do the podcast. Yeah, she'd be great. Um, she is great. Well, she has a, you know, she has a great story. Um, and I guess I mean I don't know. We're you know we both. I guess I can say she's sober. I don't know. I guess I can say that. But that's how, you know, we've become friends over the years through that. Right. Um, and through my good friend, Matt, who she dated. And uh, she's been around for, I mean, I've known her ever since I've really been sober. Right. Um, she lived more down here at the time and then, you know, um, ended up getting married and, you know, has a whole great story. But um, she's a super, super awesome person. Yeah. I yeah, she's I don't know her at all. I only know of her through you, and obviously of her when I go to the events and she speaks. Um, I just know visiting the foundation website, um, what she has done and her foundation and and family has done for this area is is just phenomenal and amazing. Um, you know, the, just the free events they do for kids um, yeah. in the summertime, I think, is probably more amazing than the musical acts they bring. You know. They, they do so many cool things for the kids. Yeah. Um, um, and we've gone down there a few times. And it's great. Kids have a good time. Um, well, I like how they do stuff for kids. And it isn't, it doesn't have an ulterior motive. I feel like there's no. a lot of stuff around here 
especially with some local businesses that I'm not going to mention, but, you know, they build these things for the kids and it's great, but my God, they just, it's all advertising. Yeah. I just get, it gets, yeah, I get tired of it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. These kids need to grow up so they can do adult things. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, I don't know if I could afford, you know, my son David, he's all, he loves him some music. I took him to Firefly. We're going to go this year because it's a thing we do now. Um, The first year I took him. I don't like the lineup this year. We're going to see. And you can't just do a one-day ticket. Yeah, we do. Can you do a one-day ticket again? That's all we've ever done. Okay. We buy the VIP tickets. All right. Well, there is one day that doesn't look too bad. I can't remember what day it is. But we're going to see. We want to see. He wants to see Panic at the Disco. Yeah. So that's the night we're going to go. Okay. But there's a lot of great bands up there this year. I mean, yeah, the the big acts are a little not that great, but like AJR is playing. I don't know if you're familiar no with idea. that. No um, idea. So these are all bands I learn about from David. Oh, okay. And it's funny because I think, you know, I have my music world. Yeah. And then, you know, so their thing is they like to get my phone and play music while we're in the car. Their music. Right. And so I have to live and listen to this. The latest thing they've been playing is a band called Half-Life. And it's good. No, Ella, you know, I'm going through the same thing because mm-hmm. Ella brings music to me. And I, I'm like, I have no idea. And I listen to it. And I'm like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. I like it. Um, oh, my God. Like, there's a few girls, you know, solos um, yeah. and not... Ariana Grande, like real super talented uh, girls that I've never heard of, and and um, she brings them to me. And I'll listen. I'm like, wow, that's good. Girl power. But um, yeah, listen to Amy Shark. I'm gonna. I know you, you told you, me. You would that. think I'm her promoter. Or right, I'm gonna put. A, <laughs> She's an ostrich. Amazing, Amy Shark. I've had to start. A... And you want to know how I heard of that? I was listening to an interview with uh, uh, Chris Carabo, the lead singer of Dashboard. And he was talking about new artists that he liked. And if I'm like, if he likes it, I've got to listen to it. And I listened to it, and it was pretty good. So I started a new file in my notes on my phone because I am, unfortunately, my memory is just terrible. And I'm, so I'm trying to write things down as I hear them so that I, because I, I, I hear a lot of, you know, even at work, people say, oh, my God, you got to do this. Or, oh, my gosh, you got to listen to this. And I go, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then they're gone. I'm like, what was that? I'm the same way. It's so bad. Yeah. You get to a certain point where you just start forgetting everything. Is that Alzheimer's? What's going to happen? No. No. You know, it used to be garbage in, garbage out. Um, and unfortunately, I think the garbage out just doesn't go out anymore. <laughs> you're, you're just, you know. Well, I am selective about what I attempt to remember. You know, the kids will be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go and just put that in the wastebasket. <laughs> yeah. But so the the back to you know so we went to Firefly the first year because um, Twenty One Pilots was playing yeah and so we go and we did not buy VIP tickets we just bought you know regular tickets yeah that's smelly yeah well so we got <laughs> we so the we got there and we I forget the band that we first initially watched but then Weezer came on. Oh, I love Weezer. Oh, dude, what are so good. How awesome were they? And, you know, it's like, oh, Weezer. Yeah, I liked Weezer. Every song, you're like, oh, I love this song. Yeah. And and David was like, you know, he Bloody was digging Holly, it. Beverly Hills. Yeah, he I mean, was digging it. Ripping but, through the hits. But that was David's first experience with Pot Smoke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's smelly. And he was in, I forget what grade, he was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say how young he was, but um, he was very anti anything smoke. Like he's the kid I'm that right there with him. If someone's smoking a cigarette and he'll walk by and he puts his hands over his nose and face and he does yeah. that gas mask, yeah. you know. And I'm like, David, stop doing that. You know, you make people feel bad. And uh, so he was dealing with cigarette smoke, pot smoke. At one point, he after Weezer, we're waiting for Twenty One Pilots, and we had worked our way up pretty close. Yeah. And it was just too much. So we had to get out of there. And he was like almost laying on the ground. And he's like, I want to go. And I Good go, for him, though. I'm the same way. I can't I can't stand it. I go, David, you know, we, we're this far. And then we finally, you know, 21 Pilots came on. And he loves that band. So They're awesome. And he just had the best time. And he's like, so I'm so glad we didn't leave. And I was like, well, there's no chance. I'm leaving. Really, you got to. This is casualties of war kind of stuff. You got to deal with Suck that. Suck it up. So 
we went again last year and I bought the VIP tickets for the first time. And it yeah. was a big, I think they were, they were probably $100 more a piece. It's worth it. It was worth it because I, you had the general population area. And then on, on, on every stage, on the left or the right side, there was this small strip of mm-hmm. area that was for the VIP. Yep. And, um, you know, there was a lot of people, but it was nowhere near the every, amount of people. I, I, I have not experienced it. I'll be, uh, Michelle has gone. But everyone I've spoken to that's done regular tickets and VIP, they're like, oh, no, no questions. VIP. You have to get VIP is the way to go. It was awesome. So we're yeah. going to go again this year. It's our new thing. And um, we're going to, he wants to see Panic at the Disco. So I guess the whole point was that, I, you know, I started listening to Panic at the Disco and I like them. They're good. Yeah. That like guy's them. a great singer. He's a really good singer. He's got a strong voice. Um, yeah, I started listening to them and probably 21 Pilots a couple years ago. Well, he does a great version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And he's probably like one of the only few people that can really do a great it version does. of it. Yeah. And um, so I'm actually excited to hopefully they'll do uh, Bohemian Rhapsody at the show. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I saw there was, a, and you may have even seen it, there was a video of... It was basically like a GoPro set up behind the drummer for a Green Day, and it was at a festival. Okay. Have you seen this video where the Trey Cool? No. So they're you know they're setting up the stage, and the public announcement right. speakers are playing music. You know, like when you're at a concert, they're always kind of playing music in between the shows. Right. And um, Bohemian Rhapsody came on, and this crowd—I mean, there must have been hundred thousand people. I mean, I don't even know. It was, it was a festival. Okay. It was a festival. It was like it was like Firefly, but bigger. Right. You know where they have the towers, and then another tower, and, and then like yeah. yeah. So, but this crowd starts singing along with the radio or with the you know the public announcement right. PA, and um, it was crazy because they're all singing it together. So. What I'm hoping for is to go see um, Panic at the Disco and they sing Bohemian Rhapsody and we all sing along and well, you it's think an amazing moment. The timing that they do would, you know, with the movie coming out this year and just it's a it's a big song again. Did you see the movie? I did not. I did not. Um, I, I do want to see it, um, but it wasn't one of those, you know. It was a um, good movie. I, you know, I was a huge Queen fan. I, I was, was not. I, I loved was, Queen. I was not a huge Queen fan. Actually, I shouldn't even say I'm, you know? I was a huge Queen fan. I got into Queen when, um, well, I, I think we've always all loved Bohemian. I mean, we all love the hits, right? Yeah. You love the hits. Yeah. But um, I mean, my relation to Queen is, is I know it's funny, is, is sports, and it's Pittsburgh, and we are the champions, and another one bites the dust. I mean, it was like the Steelers and Pirates. And, yeah. Um, that was my connection with Queen. And it's funny because I thought of them as a sports band, kind of. Right. Um, you know, because I was seven, eight, that was the late 70s, seven, eight, nine years old. Um, but I, I never really, that was not a band I ever really got into. I mean, I, I think we all listened to Queen. Yeah, and I, sh- and I should change that because I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't having any Queen posters on my wall. Right. I liked Queen. And when when they came out with an album right when, when he was dying, um, and I have to remember, I have to remember the name but and I was out in San Diego and I started kind of getting back into Queen and um, yeah I loved Queen and the, their last album that they did was amazing yeah and um, so when when I saw the movie I was a little bit I wasn't I think I was more in shock just that a guy could pull that off and be a Freddie Mercury but mm, it wasn't I heard he was good and you know I'm taking this from people that saw it and probably took it a little harder. You know, just I guess according to hardcore Queen fans, it wasn't accurate. Um, there was many things that were inaccurate of reality versus movie script, which, you know, get over it. Whatever it is, what it is, it's a movie. Um, well, the only thing he really did, besides being an amazing singer, was that show at Live Aid. Right. I mean, in that... The show was was really spectacular just by the amount of people. But as far as the performance, I heard Rami Malek was amazing. He was. I, and uh, I heard he did a great job. Um, you know, anyone to bang on him for lip singing, singing, come on. There's no one who could pull those, uh, singing those lyrics off. Well, and the, there was actually a guy that sang the music 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I saw a thing about that. He There was a guy that actually sang the music. It wasn't just a past recording of Freddie Mercury. So they re-recorded it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, it was good. I, you know, it was funny because I really liked The Star is Born. They all came out around the same time. Well, yeah, I had to, we chose which one we wanted to see, and I, I wanted to see A Star is Born. Yeah, and, and what did you think of that? Oh, well, he, amazing, absolutely amazing, and we've had this conversation. Um, my my expectations were Gaga, or exactly what she delivered. I, I knew she would be good, because she's always been a performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Cooper is the one that blew me away. Yeah. Completely blew me away. I Just... How he transformed himself, that the the music piece of it, um, you know, it's just to, to, to sit there and learn how to play a guitar and learn and train his vocal cords to go a deeper octave. Of, yeah, it just blew me away. I, well, and it's it, I thought that you know when when they uh, announced all the awards and stuff, and they said that he hadn't been chosen for director uh, for the director award, I was like, oh, I don't understand. So. Then when we saw the movie, right, I was like, Jesus, it, that was amazing directing. I mean, he, when when you and for me at least, when I watched the movie, and there's especially you know, some specific parts, but the one where she's singing in the bar, um, I felt like we were all meeting each other for the first time. Like they were meeting, I was watching, so we were all well, kind of doing it he, together. He did a lot of little things in the movie that, you know. If you're not that experienced directors don't do and to bring a sense of you know not to get too deep but to, to bring a sense of reality if you remember when they were in the bar and he kept acting like, well not acting he was like huh huh i can't hear you i mean it, it kind of brought a sense of like you almost felt like it was real like they right. really were in a bar because right. he couldn't hear right and um well and at one point he like when it was over he wiped a tear out of his eye like yeah i think that was really a tear i think he was really I, what I, you know, I think beyond the the direction that Bradley gave, it was really the connection between Gaga and Bradley. I, you know, that for some, somehow, somewhat, they just connected. I saw you know after the movie and before the Oscars, and everybody was like, you know, oh, they're in love, and you, you know, yeah. the movie made you feel like that they were yeah. really in love, and I think a lot of people wanted that to be the case, and you know, they did the performance on the Oscars and. You know, everyone's like performance in Vegas. Yeah, and, and people yeah. Are like, how dare her? How dare Lady Gaga stare at him like that with his girlfriend? It's a performance. Yeah, and then later I watched an interview with her, and she goes, "It was all a performance. Exactly. The people wanted us to be in love, so we acted like we were in love. That's what they wanted, so that's what we gave them." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I get no, it." No, I I think there's probably some feelings there, um, but you know. That was part of the role, and whatever they did, they connected and they pulled it off it amazingly. Good. I have never, I never um, saw any of the other ones. No, I, 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 I haven't either, and I've seen clips of you know the Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand, and um, the clips I saw were good, uh, but I, I don't know if you know I'd have to watch the whole movie. Well, they re they rewrote all the music, so that was all new music. The music was all new. There was uh, um, uh, some of the pieces of the movie interconnected, but a lot of it didn't. Right. There was a few lines they took. Um, I, I'm going blank right now, but there was a few throwaway lines that they took from the original um, that they used in the new one. Um, well, I wonder if... Because I know in the, this movie, it was a lot of focus on her nose. And I wonder if that was the same kind of focus on Barbara Streisand, because she did have a big nose. Well, there was a connection there. Like, and did they do that, you know, when she takes her finger and goes over her yeah. nose? Did, she, did Barbara Streisand do that in that other no, movie? No, no, uh, she didn't. Um, but obviously there's a connection between Streisand and Gaga as far as how they look. Right. And, but... And their command, their their presence on stage. I mean, Streisand is just amazing on stage. Well, and I think, because I remember when that movie came out, I was a little kid. Yeah. And I think at that time, Chris Christopherson was a big, he was big huge. time. He was huge. Yeah, I mean, he was a stud. He was like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. You know, and Barbara Streisand was a big deal, too, at the time. So Streisand was, yeah, the biggest, they were probably the two biggest stars. The biggest stars at the time, right. 
I wasn't than, I wasn't a big fan of theirs, but I was also a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, we were little kids. So we were seven and eight years old. So what Did, would we know? So you don't go to a lot of movies. We don't. I mean, I, I, I do. I love going. I love going to movies, um, but we don't go to a lot. I mean. In all honesty, it's got to be a really good movie for me to want to go to a movie and see it. Well, in, in, in our, at our place in life with kids, I mean, if there's a movie going to be seen, it's, it's probably be, chosen by the kids. We always say it's going to be, uh, yeah, Lego movie too. Or, yeah, and i um, got to go suffer through it. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, the last 12 years of my life has been kid movies. So. There's actually some pretty good kid movies. Um, oh, Moana I, was good. Wreck-It Ralph was awesome. Wreck-It Moana Ralph. was awesome. Frozen was awesome. Um, you know, I, Cars, you know, going back, that was awesome. So Christine told me that they're coming out with a new Frozen. Oh, wow. In November. Oh, good Lord. We're going to see that. So get your wallets ready for... Well, luckily our kids are out of that. But Yeah, I was going to say, well, Colin's not, but Ella is kind of getting into the realm of more mature movies so how old is Ella Ella's 12 so David's 13 so they're right they're kind of in the same it's place. an interesting age yeah age of discovery age of discovery I try you know it's weird I try to be I try it's weird trying to be a dad to a 13 year old boy you know in this in this time and Especially when, you know, for a long time I've been a single dad, and David and I, and Sam, um, we're tight. You know, we're, we're close. And to see, you know, life kind of pull them away, um, and them not to be as, ex- as interested in what their father is up to. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, obviously I guess I will eventually get there. Um, with Ella, obviously being a girl, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, she's pulling away for whole different reasons. Um, she needs to talk to mom about stuff. Right. Um, and thank God, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Um, You're all right, Dan. Yeah. You so can do it. no, I can't really. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> no, don't want to. But yeah, it's an interesting age. You know, I. You know, the thing is, we were that age once too, and I always try to look back on and. And I remember sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Man, those are some of the toughest years. God, those are some of the toughest years. I don't care if who you are, whether you're the kid, you know, you know, the, the school nerd or the, the school athlete. Those are, they're they're the toughest years, regardless. Do you think we take our thoughts and memories of those years and apply them to current situations? It all depends how deep those scars go. You know, it's true. Well, I mean, you know, people like people say, "Oh, this, you know, social media. It's you know, it's so hard on these kids these days." Or is it hard on us, us to think about what it would have been like back in the day? But our kids have kind of evolved through all this. You're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, they're growing up with this. Yeah, like, they're this growing is their, up with this. This is their life. Right. I mean, for us, it's it's shocking. It's shock and awe because we're like, "Holy crap." Could you imagine if we, you know, so for us, it's, 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 it's different, you know, how we, how we look at it. Right. They're growing up with it. Like, yeah. this is just regular life for them. For us, it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Right. And um, oh, our poor children, how can they handle all this? They can handle Social it. pressure. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They, they've been dealing with it since day one. Well, I've, David told me he's on Twitter and I'm like, really? You're on Twitter? Because I'm not even on Twitter. I'm not either. I, I, I can't. I, I don't know anything about Twitter um, other than that's usually what, I guess, pro athletes use. Well, it's a place that you can, it's a soapbox, really. You stand up and say what you want to say, and yeah, I just never got into it. No, I, I don't do, I mean, we've, we've had the social media talk. I just, I don't do a lot. We I don't do it. I do a couple times a month, and it's always the kids. Yeah. Um, and that that's what we you know that's what we do are you working today you off i'm working shh shh i'm working i'm like dan come on let's do a podcast i'm working we got to get into you know i like um and we both uh, we've already said that we don't probably i haven't looked to see if anybody's listened to any of our podcasts but probably not um but one thing i know about anything like that is you have to try to be consistent you know, if we're going to do one once a week or if I yeah. want to try to do one every day, which I, I, I don't want to do. Um, 
But I also thought about, you know, what about filming it, setting up cameras? You can, you know. It's just another just, step of things to do, though. Yeah, I think first it would be nice if people are listening. Yeah. You know, and then do they want to see our faces? Probably not. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. But, you know, we could post it on YouTube. Oh, well, there we go. A star is born. And then we can sing. <laughs> I know you sing. We, I, I, oh my I've, God. Had, I have, I've always had karaoke machines, and you've sang karaoke at my house, so I know you're a singer. Did I? Are you sure about that? Sing some Pearl Jam. Lone. Yeah. Yeah. That's the song I, I think you sing. That's the only way I can sing. I love singing. I mean, it's kind of, you know, in the early Eddie Better days, it was kind of, it's kind of easy. Yeah. You're just a mumbling and you're just a talking like this. Keep it down low. No. But, so, but then he actually started being a singer. Then he's, yeah, then he grew as a singer and I can't hit some of those notes. But I, I, we still do karaoke at the house. I love karaoke. I, I'm trying to remember, wasn't it SNL? Someone, someone made fun of better of how he sang. Yeah, it was, it was Sandberg. Was it Sandberg? Yeah, and he did, he did it on the, on the news. He's like, you know, like yeah. I just mumbled it out, and and uh, was it Sandler or Sandberg? Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, Adam, Adam Sandler. Adam That's what Sandler. I thought. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big. I, I love SNL, but I thought they was, lost me a few yeah. seasons ago. No, I have not watched in years, but yeah, um, I thought Sandler made fun of that. Them. I used to love Saturday Night Live because Saturday Night Live would have some great bands on I remember I, I that's what I watched for and in all honesty I mean the comedy's great but I watched for to see who the music act I used to set up my VCR before I went out to tape cops yeah and Saturday Night Live and I used to sneak every night um and watch Letterman for the musical act I wanted to see who was playing right so, yeah exactly and I, I mean obviously I thought Letterman was great and I always wanted to see. I, I could care less about the, the guests. Right. I just wanted to see who the music act was. Well, those were good times on Saturday Night Live. I used to. I used to love the Saturday Night Live back then. Yeah. But I remember when Pearl Jam played the first time on there, and I was like, Oh my god! Or I remember I saw Smashing Pumpkins play the first time on there, and I was like, Holy cow! These guys are good. Yeah. So that's uh, used to be a great place to watch bands. I, I think I'm just not in touch with the bands anymore. I've I, at some point in my age, I just stopped taking applications for new bands and just. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, I just live in my old... And well, I, I, the last real band I, I brought in was The Killers. And, I, you know, now I'm just kind of, uh, you know, uh, test driving, you know, uh, Imagine Dragons. And I'm oh. test driving... Have you heard uh, the new Imagine Dragons album? Yeah, and I, I love... I like... I won't... I'm not going to use the love word, but I like Imagine Dragons. I, I think these they're, they're super talented. I like Imagine Dragons. I love their new album. In fact, I, I probably, out of, like, between the number of tracks and the actual number of tracks that I like, yeah. it's one of those... That Their new album is very good. But in the last 10 years, I can't... You know, the last group I really brought into my life that I is one of my own is The Killers. And since then, uh, you know, you've got groups, you know... Like Imagine Dragons, the script. That's a group that I really love. I, I think they, One Republic, another group I thought really yeah. did some good stuff. And then, you know, Mumford and Sons. And but they don't last. You know, Imagine I, Dragons is still around, but like. I don't know what happened. Those are groups one that. One Republic. One Republic, they came out with some stuff and they disappeared. I'm like, I couldn't understand that they were so talented, so good. Yeah. Um, the script, same thing. My God, they, they put out some good music. It's a tough business, you know. Um, Not only are you in a band with four or five or whatever many people trying to all stay happy, but, you know, you're constantly trying to stay current. But I'll be the first to say that I don't keep up. You know, remember, if you remember back in the day, like, you know, release day was like a big deal, album release day, and that doesn't exist anymore. And that's how we got, we knew when new albums were hitting. Now it's like, I don't even know unless Spotify tells me that this artist has a new album or yeah. something. Well, now they'll release a song. Yeah. Like and Mumford like, & Sons, they do that. They release a song it's and really, then another song and then another song and then the album. So I'm completely disconnected because I'm still uh, back in the old days when they had album releases. And um, learning new music is really hard. So it, it is. I mean, I'm getting all my new music from Ella. Yeah, well, thank God for the kids because they bring a new, a new. Uh, and I will say, most of the stuff it. she brings, I, I like. I'm like, that's good. Yeah, wouldn't say I love it, but I like it. 
a lot of the music that David brings me, it, I like it, but it all a lot of it sounds like it's been recorded in their garage. Like it's this. It's that muffled sound. Well, no, it sounds great, but and and nowadays you can sit down. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we are recording this on GarageBand. You, can, if you know what you're doing, you can, you can create music, yeah. good music on GarageBand. We probably do it in this room right here in the podcast studio. The podcast studio. All right, hey, that was a lot. That was a a good chat. That was a good chat. We were all over the place as usual. No, no, it had a path. Did it? We didn't jump off the path. It was okay. just a path down many things. So, yeah, maybe we'll try to get uh, some quality guests lined up for the season. Who's your first guest we're bringing in? I don't know. I think it needs to, you know, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about music, so I think we need to get Michelle. Michelle Freeman. I'll send her a text and see if she'll come on. Um, I think she'd be great to talk to. She's got a great story to tell of, uh, you know, her path, and, and she can go in a lot of different directions. So. And, you know, the, the, the idea behind these doing these is really, yeah, we want to talk to Michelle about music, but, you know, what's her journey? What brought her here? She's got a huge story. That's what I mean. She could be a three-part. You know, she's part owner of the Capitals. I did not know that. Hockey. And, um, you know, it's very traditional who gets, you know, they won the cup, obviously. And um, it's very traditional who gets to touch the cup. Like, you can't, you can't touch the cup oh, unless really? you're a... A, a member of the team or one of the, you know, part of the ownership. And um, she was telling me that some guy who came up to touch the cup and this one of the big players is like, hey, can't touch the cup. You know? Yeah. But she was allowed. In fact, she posted some pictures on the plane back with the cup. And That is funny. Yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of a, you know. That's a big deal. We'll have to see if she'll talk about it. Well, maybe she'll bring the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Can we touch the cup? <laughs> She's going to show up with her, the cup, and the giant forward. <laughs> well, maybe, you know. That's for sure. I was going to say, Ovechkin stole the cup for about two weeks and took it with him. Oh, did he? Yeah, he traveled everywhere. You're a big hockey fan, right? No, not at all. Oh. Nothing about hockey, but um, you I'm, do a, that. I'm a sports nut, and um, I do know what's going on in sports. You're a lot like me. I love to watch and listen to all things about sports, but when it comes to watching the sports, I'm not as big of a fan. Now, nah, my my big sport, and this is crazy because obviously I'm five foot five and I wrestled, but my, my favorite sport is the NBA. It's basketball. It is? Yeah. That's that's the sport I follow, um, and then behind that would be the NFL, and then everything West Virginia University. Well, we'll have to talk about sports next but, time. Yeah, I can talk a lot about sports. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball, like most Americans, has fallen off. I'm a huge. I grew up playing ball. I I uh, romanticized about baseball uh, as a kid and growing up, and as an adult, it kind of has faded away. Well, um, we'll talk. We'll we'll get together next time, and we'll talk about sports. We'll do sports next time. Dan, thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye.